It is Saturday the 19th of June 2021 and this is episode 398 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode, a long bumper episode. We've got lots to cover today. Um, and covering that with me is Ian. Hello, Ian. Uh, morning, Chris. Yes. Um, Writer E3, of Show Notes Extraordinaire. E3, WWDC, have all collided. They, well, they've collided with the fact that we didn't do one in between where we could uh, have saved ourselves in uh, time. Well, you, you, you were in sunny Scotland. So was, it and it was sunny. It was Windy, sunny. but sunny. Yeah. Amazing. A very nice uh, week I spent up. Which mean amazing? North of the... I mean, it's <laughs> just slipping in. I mean, it still racism. tried to rain lots casual of times. racism. I, I think uh, that's backed up by fact. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it was uh, East Coast, really... East Coast, East Coast is actually quite dry. Who mm. mm. would have thunk it? But yeah, windy. And it did. It still rained. Of course it did. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been a trip away without a bit of rain. Uh, but yeah, like you say, we've got uh, lots to get through. So let's, um, let's start with WWDC. Um, and, you know, uh, cards on the table and uh, honesty, I haven't seen any of this. So I've not actually been involved in it at all. And I know that from speaking to you before, there's, um, you know, it was really, really was a developer conference this time. It was not really anything to do with hardware. Uh, it was much, much more software and services. Uh, yeah. And an interesting thing, probably, somebody would probably bite with you saying it's a developer conference because a lot of it was aimed at consumer and not so much straight, like, here's the under the hood bit that you can go and use developer, but there was no hardware at all. It was all software. Um, one of the interesting things was, in the past, they've really, and they still did it, they said, here's iOS, and here's iPadOS, and here's Mac, but everything shown in each section applies to all the platforms now. Whereas in the past, there's been things like, you know, here's something on iPad, and you're not going to get this in Mac. You know, so here's FaceTime features. And they'll usually lump that into the i, you know, the iOS bit. But that's coming to every platform because the underlying code's the same now because I've got the underlying chip architecture the same. So it's a, it was a, it was a strange mix of things. As you watched it, you're like, oh, well, that's nice, but oh, it is coming to every platform. So almost the separation of platforms is now irrelevant. It's just services and and um, capability. And that's what it, that's what it felt like. Um, but they still they still had a quite a traditional, you know iOS, iPad, health, privacy, home, mm-hmm. TV, Mac, and then developers right at the end. Yeah, okay. So we, we're going to try and not get too bogged in the detail, but we've got spatial audio coming to FaceTime. So they, they covered off their sort of meeting technologies and, and basically all of these meeting technologies are now converging around having grid views, background noise cancellation, you know, focus, uh, background blurring, um, you know, uh, dedicated audio. And they've, they've bringing this thing they're called spatial audio as well. So where you can almost hear positional audio in there. So, um, so that, you know, again, I'm sure that all looked nice and dandy. It, it, it did, but it felt like, it felt like they were reacting to COVID like a year late. Wouldn't it have been great yeah. if last dub dub they said, "Oh look, Zoom's Zoom's taking off, and where do you react?" And here's stuff you're going to get in September, and we're getting it this September. And I know COVID's still, you know, it's still massive, and it's round the world, and hybrid working's going to kick in for a lot more yeah, people. That's but, right. But there was just a bit of it, like, 
oh, you took that long? Um, and even little things like you can, you know how like um, Zoom took off because I could just send you a Zoom link and you yes. just click on it and go. They've just brought that to FaceTime. That's how long it's taken. And but the interesting bit um, works on Android and Windows. So, yep, so because it's, it's browser based, right? Yeah, FaceTime launched, I don't know, six, seven years ago, and it's only now coming to their platforms. And they got listen to music together, watch videos together, and it's all via API services. So theoretically, that you know can be br- branched out towards other platforms as well as uh, Apple sort of empire. So kind of an interesting angle on that. In that, you know, they're, they've they're leaking this outside of the Apple empire. Uh, you don't need Apple devices um, to, and it is API driven. So. Uh, yeah, that's 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 more interesting to me than the fact that it's slightly later than, than maybe we'd expect. Uh, yeah, and this was all under the, they had four themes, they'd, and it was a bit weird. Four themes for iOS, and this was under staying connected. So, um, they talked about the share play, and then that moved into um, messages as well. So you could, you can, um, if I share music with you, you get a little tab now in music and photos that collect collects all this together. If I've shared it in messages, so instead of track hunt through messages to see. What was that photo you shared, or what was that? What was that music recommendation you shared? There's no little tabs, which is actually quite a common thing to do. It's like, oh yeah, I remember that, but I cannot remember where the heck that was. Um, but equally, it's also dodge, isn't it? <laughs> when you start, oh yeah, that's uh, on my phone and now being synced around everywhere. Um, there was a big sort of bent towards um, notifications and focus of notifications, so that you could defy decide what notifications you get when. This is all kind of along that, you know. T- trying to take care of people's mental health that you know phones interfere with your you know karma effectively is what they're saying uh, and they're kind of acknowledging that by saying we will let you have work related um, notifications that we only give you in work time so that we do not bother you outside those work times which is fine up until you're a boss wanting to get hold of someone <laughs> urgently and not able to um but yeah it's uh interestingly that that this they bring this to the fore as a, a massive feature that clearly is needed in today's world with our notifications and there's a level of customization in this bit so alongside notifications this was in a sections around focus and there's a focus mode so it's like profiles so you can say i'm in work mode so hide these other screens i only want to see this screen i only want to see these notifications from these people but i think and, and i think you're right it does help with that whole i want to switch off and your mental health but there's there's a blurring. There's a blurring occurring with you know that working from home culture around. I still should be able to maybe get hold of you, and I'm like, well, no, I'm done. You know, I'm, mm. If I left the office, I'd be done. So why do you think? Because I'm. So there's a there's an interesting concept and in, needs in redefined, doesn't it? Re- yeah. Reimagining, and that's what they're kind of trying to do with this, trying to get ahead of the curve on it. Well, it's still not ahead of the curve. The, some of the damage has already been done, right? But yeah. And and these kind of profiles yeah. sync across all platforms, so they can apply to your Mac, your iPad, your iPhone. Um, so, so I think there'll be a complexity there that some people will probably really take advantage of and will really customise. You, know, you can trigger all this with a shortcut as well. So you can be like, I am now in work mode because I've, you know, so I can I can almost imagine a, I have turned up at my office, hence my, my device is now looking and, and working like this. Uh, and for me, there's definitely scenarios where, say I'm travelling or whatever or just in a, you know, I, I'm trying to concentrate on something. There will be messages services there will be whatsapp channels that i do want to know when a notification comes in and there will be others when i certainly don't and the problem is you just get a single notification for all of them at the moment don't you it's just either it pings or it doesn't and therefore you have that i must check um but yeah it's it's interesting and i quite like that fidelity that they're they're coming to um 
the images, I mean, again, this AI around, un, you know, computers now able to understand really well what's in a picture and all that kind of intelligence that's happening. They're going to be able to look at your photos of, say, something like a whiteboard and effectively transfer that and trans transition that all to be live text so that it understands. And also, you know, just indexing and understanding of photos, it will have... Uh, by just having the photo and assessing it, they will be able to tell what's in that photo and therefore will be able to bring highlights and stuff. We've been, we've, I mean, Google obviously been doing this for a while and we've seen other services, but it's just being more and more baked in that it's just an understood thing that when you put a photo up, it isn't just a bit of data anymore. It is part of a graph. It is understood to be where it is, what's in it, who's in it, where, you know, when was it taken? Uh, and Again, that's. I think that's going to be. An, I, I I like the fact they're sort of presenting it up front. Uh, it's good because we know this has been going on anyway, um, and it's going to be useful in some respects. Certainly, when you can search an image for things that you know that you want to search an image for, so text search to an image. But equally, I think it's going to bring some interesting dilemmas for people like Apple who who like to offer services but whilst maintaining privacy. And I think this will have privacy implications. It will. I mean, everyone not have done this for. You know, eight nine years. That was one of the big things back in the day when I used to use it. You could take an image and and search, and it was it was searchable text. And it would, you know, if you'd if you found if you wanted the word, you know, if there was a the word help was in one of your images, and you search for help, all that good stuff. Um, and again, this is um, across all platforms. And interestingly, in the Mac, only if you've got M1 architecture. So not if you've got Intel. Um, so what they're saying is, there's some some of of that processing they just cannot. They cannot do the load is just too much on intel well that's what they say anyway it, um, is, it is what they say uh wallets and you know are becoming a wider thing so whereas we've sort of kept boarding passes and maybe a credit card in a wallet on a phone before now we're doing they're talking about car keys so bmw are going to be able to effectively start your car by having your phone in the car instead of just a smart key uh things like hotels you're going to be able to start unlocking hotel doors um using your phone so again removing that need for a, a little bit of plastic or a little plastic car key um, and again, all of the what comes along with that, which would be benefits and drawbacks, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I mean the hotel, the hotel one was like ah joy. I hate those little those little magnetic card things that always end up they not always working, failing after you know. Yeah. Day, yeah. Um, so I mean, if that if that became as reliable as using you know like tap to pay, you know, if you just went tap and, and door opened, and same for like for office, you know. So I've I've to get around my workplace, it's all it's all secured door entries. So again, the only good thing about those little plastic cards is if you drop one in the street, there there's little less, you know, there's nothing to identify necessarily what hotel or even if there is, there's nothing to identify what door. But then again, you're going to protect your phone more. You're actually going to be more careful with your actual phone than yeah. you are potentially with your car key, which people do tend to just leave car keys on tables and stuff, don't they? So you're going to be actually safer with your phone potentially. Um, we've seen some weather developments. They bought, you know, that weather service not too long dark ago, sky. so it's no surprise yet with Dark Sky that that, that that's all coming. And they, they kind of concentrated around their their map improvements. So maps is still something that Apple sort of lag. Uh, yeah, they lag behind really uh, Google on this. Uh, uh, but it looks like they are still focused on really trying to push it forward. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So the the oh, I don't know launched eight, you know nine years ago. It was always behind, and they've made a real effort. So the maps now. Um, they do look really good, you know. So if I if I if I am in, you know, driving around Glasgow, got CarPlay on, you know, the map definition is really good. 
Um, and it's the same for Google, you know. So, I, but, I, but there's still a trust thing. And I think there's still trust Google. There's a, it's an interesting thing. I don't know if it's just because I've used them longer and they've never, you know, never really let me down. And Apple for a while did. It was like, why are you, why are you taking me this route? This is not the quickest route. Um, and the the renders this... that's here is it's pretty amazing that I'm looking uh, yeah. at the screen now. I mean, very um, like SimCity. You know, it's like you saw the videos and they were like SimCity, and I was like, what are they, what are they doing? And this is on only on a small number of cities initially um you know so it's uh i'm trying i don't think i actually got the names that that's almost that's almost the issue though isn't it all these services that come out on apple they start really small they start us focused and they're irrelevant until the market's moved on so far by the time we get them that it doesn't seem a thing because this this whole 3d and you know map of of this interface i'm looking at looks brilliant but they but it also says it's not going to be on carplay for for a while either so all this new technology later this year which seems a strange one that that ios is going to get it sort of september because that's when it usually comes yeah, out i don't so. understand the complications of that maybe because no. it's surely the i guess it's maybe the rendering technology is not available exactly. globally inside those devices but it seems strange it seemed an odd one it seemed a really yeah, it odd does. one it was like mm. um but the the maps and again it has a night mode and they showed you some different stills and some of the you know, now that the beaters are out people are putting up some pictures and some of the places look amazing you know it's like the level of detail they're now getting, and it, it reminded me of, you know, it was like, a, I'm looking at a, a real sim city here. It's, it's impressive. It's just a scale question, as you said. AirPods getting conversation boosts, so with maybe you've got a slight hearing issue, you can was that? focus. <laughs> you can focus in on your on conversation, so you can have human voices sort of pr- promoted in the AirPods. Um, the anything well anything else spatial audio seems to be the new thing that they're yeah, constantly adding we've, everywhere. we've got a wee article on that later so i've i have tried some spatial audio and some dolby atmos tracks so we'll, we'll maybe we'll maybe have a wee chat around that okay widgets on ios 15 can be placed anywhere on your home screen so this is ipad ones. this is ipad oh, yeah. os yeah, uh, yeah sorry yes yeah, yeah. I did, uh, did i just say ios uh, yeah, so this is a bit. This is, this is a big difference. This was the frustration that I had last year when iOS came out. You could put widgets anywhere, great. You went to the iPad, you can only put it on your home screen, and it was like, what a waste. Um, and 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 the new. And this, this, I think this is why I felt WWDC was a little bit disappointing. The iPad bit, I was hoping for big things because they've just mm-hmm. brought out new. You know, the the new iPads, amazing screens. The the grunt in them is amazing, and it was like, yeah, you can widgets anywhere. And there's a slightly larger widget. You're like, fine. You can get app library, which you could you could get in iOS for you know a year now. Multitasking hasn't really changed, but they have done a few things around. You know, there's a little. It's almost like a little menu bar that shows you at least which windows in focus, and it makes it more obvious to drag and drop. Because in the past, it was almost like you had to know context-wise what I was in and where you were typing. You you know that in the next let's say four years the there is going to be no difference between I, I, iPad OS and the main you know OS X as it is now um, OS ten. There's going to be no difference. The two will be, you you will be using your um, iMac, your iPad, and everything will be the same because they'll have worked out the interface needed to be able to run both of those things in the same way. So these new changes to context that are in iPad are sort of just leading us towards this bit where that will come into the Agreed. main desktop. And and, and, it, and it moves on to Notes. So, so so Notes has got some new features so you can add somebody and, and multi, you know, multi, um, not multitasking for collaboration. So it's almost like a Slack app. You know, if I at you, you're added into this document. Um, you can add tags in. And then there was QuickNote. 
So you kind of you, you kind of tap. It's a, it's a motion you do with the pencil, and you get a little window. You know, so this idea that they're that they don't have windows, they do have windows, and it is starting. You know, I think you've nailed it. We're on a path where we're going to see a. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's like they're absolutely going to converge, but the same underlying code's going to be there, and you'll choose which hardware you want to execute a particular application in. Well, all the chip architects is exactly the same. You literally yeah. in the little corner of your your massive monitor on your iMac, there is effectively just a phone or an iPad. There, it's that, that's all it is, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I was just going to say, so so translates now there, which was was in before, but it's system wide and it supports live text as well. So you can take an image in a different country and can, you know translate it. And we've seen Google do those demos four, four years ago, three years. ago. Well, they're ago. not really demos; they they they're work in now. the real world. Yeah. No, but like... what I meant was was this was a demo. You know, so I think that yeah. shows that, and and it looked great, but but there is a bit of catch up around this stuff. And then Swift Playgrounds, which has been there. Um, you know, development platform where you could really, and, and it's called Playground Studies, and you could learn Swift. You know, so it was for people new to code or for kids, but you could never actually, um, you know, create an app. You can now. So you can create an app and upload that onto the App Store. Um, there are some limitations there, and it isn't the same as Xcode. It's not as powerful as Xcode, but again, there's a direction of travel where they're taking this. Privacy, big focus as ever by uh, Apple in these kind of you know they want to make sure they're still seen to be at the forefront of this so mail privacy hiding ip addresses and locations from your emails uh, app privacies to you know see uh, i guess what apps have access to and and what what those things are doing um siri so uh, if, like i'm just going down the list here but effectively these are all about obscuring your sort of standard contactable and information so if you want to do if you want to sign up to a mail service they're now offering an email that you can use that was nothing related to you yet will end up in your inbox well it's interesting because you, you, you got to start Siri and then you were like ah, this was a so Siri in the past you've always had to be internet connected so see if you like said to Siri you know switch on flight mode you couldn't say to Siri switch off flight mode because it couldn't doesn't know what you do and it does now, so you can. It's actually on device. You don't need an internet connection. So I'm assuming for a lot of this stuff, it will make it quicker as well, because there's a lot. Which of... is ironic, considering they said for ages that it wasn't on certain platforms because it didn't have a right chip on board. Uh, yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then the interesting bit was 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 a couple of things around iCloud. And I don't know if you're an iCloud because I think you're all Dropbox, aren't you, for cloud services? You're in, uh, in... Yeah, none of the Mac sort of, and none of the Apple yeah. services I'm part of. Yeah, so 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 for me it makes sense just from the way you know what I'm in and I've got Apple Music and all that and it all it all ties these things together. So iCloud, you can now I can set you up as a recovery contact. So if I if I and, and I can also there's a digital legacy thing here, so I can set you as a, a legacy contact so that you can get to my. So if I had secured, you know, there's my will, there's all my passwords, here's all my things, something you know, I don't know, happens. You croak it. Yep, thanks for that. It's all really real, real Debbie Downer now, uh, <laughs> but um, but it's good that they're thinking these things through because as more people are using these services, more people are finding that they're, they're in that position. Um, but the strange bit was was iCloud Plus because as soon as, as soon as I they put the slide, up, I was like, it's another service because we all know Apple like the service money. Um, but it was basically if you're paying for iCloud, you've now got iCloud Plus. They've just renamed it, and what what they're basically saying is, and what you're going to now get is a private relay. So when you're browsing, you've got end-to-end encryption. It goes through to internet relays, and I'm like, that's a VPN. Well, it's a, a VPN, VPN and it's a, it's a, well, or 
onion type service, isn't it? That's yeah. similar kind of concept where you know none of the bits of the onion know what's going on, or not, the VPN. You know, it's slightly different, I'd say. Yeah. And 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 it is only for Safari, so it's it's only it's only on that traffic. But again, it's another step in actually we're looking after you know your privacy. Um, what came out afterwards was, but and you won't get that if you're in China or Belarus or Colombia. <laughs> Or well, no, those kind of technologies are illegal in those places. Uh, yeah. yeah, Saudi Arabia, South Africa. Um, we yeah. stand up for your privacy everywhere that the government allows us to let you stand up for your privacy. And, and that's <laughs> the bit I think you need to almost put an asterisk around every time now when Apple, yeah. particularly Apple, because they're so heavy, it's in your face. You know, They want to say we're looking after you as long as the government allows us to. And that's yeah. the asterisk. And it's just, you mentioned the other day, you know, when all these companies come out with these big, you know, it's Pride Week, so they put up a massive oh, logo yeah. and they big fanfare in all the countries where, uh, you know, it's it's actually under, you know, it's a it's an, <laughs> we we're kind of in on the their side in countries where they are, you know, oppressive and you know the where the real change needs to happen. They there's not a sign of it. Because no. they don't want to be seen as, I, I, you know, it's like stand up for what you believe in unless it doesn't, you know, you, yeah, the government doesn't it, allow you to do it. Or, or it's going to hit sales there because actually it's, it's not just sales, the government, yeah. but, but the, the, you know, the country or the regime that is there is actually pretty much against it. And that's the, you know, and I've, I've tried it's great and, you know, there's reasons why we do the same with, you know, Black Lives Matter. You know, there's reasons why these events take place. But it's the corporate grab that really sticks in the throat, and that's that's the bit where you don't mind corporate grab if they are universal and exactly. truly so believe in stand, it. So if they're going to yeah. make a stand and say, right, Coca Cola, I'm doing this in every country, and what you saw was Coca Cola in every country apart from you know Saudi Arabia and a couple, of, you know, yeah, a few yeah. others, probably Russia and all those places. Just like yeah, um, and so there's a couple other things you could, you know, HomeKit secure video is now sitting under iCloud Plus. So home security cameras connect unlimited ones, and again, so, so most... if you're not on, so if you're not on iCloud Plus, don't want secure home videos. <laughs> but, but it's it's a strange one because because there's lots of the video, lots of video services have went to that services option now and said, "There's the camera, but what you'd really want is oh yeah, they, put it that, in the cloud and give us absolutely a ten a month. all of all of those. You, yeah. This is pretty unuseful unless you subscribe to our service. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it was an it was a, so it's another interesting aspect round round iCloud that was like hmm it just was just weird that it was like they felt they had to rebrand as well you know it's strange I guess they're just trying to highlight that something new's come uh, I <laughs> yeah. guess the next one would be plus plus don't know health obviously again they're still focusing in on that and they've sort of talked about. Uh, then latest thing walking steadiness risk of falling so i guess it's just using all the motion sensors in your device to understand if uh i don't know yeah. what hap- i mean if you <laughs> does it tell you oh you're being a bit wobbly i'm not sure how does it work um so so i think it's just back to their constantly and you don't need to watch it does it through your phone as well so as you said it's through the device but it's just constantly measuring and then over time it's starting to give you a, actually you're you're becoming unsteady so i'm looking forward to seeing that um, so certainly around Glasgow, when <laughs> somebody's had a night out, do they get every a... Friday evening? Everyone becomes unsteady, yeah. or after a after a famous draw. <laughs> it's a trend, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like how many people last night would have been triggering that? <laughs> would have been <laughs> judging by the photos online, uh, quite a lot. And I'm saying last night, how many people were triggering that at like one o'clock in the afternoon? <laughs> There's certainly a few COVID proximity alerts being triggered. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, so no, <laughs> but as you say, they're they're pretty proud of the kind of 
and and and, and, and I, I don't mean that negatively. It's, they have no. made some real strides. It's, it's a new thing. They yeah, yeah, they have. They figured out how some of their devices, being this omnipresent, can actually uh, you know offer other positive uh, enhancements rather than you know maps and maps and messages. And yeah, health yeah, sharing, good. and I think this is definitely more focus, focused in America. And that's maybe was one of the other things that I, I should have said when you were talking about the wallet. The wallet they talked about can hold your digital ID, it can hold your driving license, it can hold, you know, and it's going to be tied. And it's like, that's America only. It's not going to happen here. You just know it's not. Um, and this was talking about health sharing, you know, so we could be in a family and, you know, if I get some results back, you know, because again, targeted probably at more elderly to get results back and their, you know, relatives, siblings, whoever it is, can see those results and help you. Have you actually read this properly? Do you realise what this means? You know, and, and help people through it. All right. So we are twenty-three minutes in and probably halfway through Dub Dub DC. So we're not. We're not. The next, <laughs> the next bits are quick. The next bits are really quick. So watch. There wasn't much there. Breathe, sleep, fitness, just just extra things, and there's some new watch faces. So it's not a lot there. Um, um, home. There was very little. There was a ten-minute segment all around home, and basically you can tap the phone to unlock a door um, you can now ask your mini to play something on your Apple TV SharePlay which you mentioned earlier around all, is, is just everywhere so again fire up your Apple TV here's content that's been shared um, HomePod minis can now be speakers for your Apple TV it still feels like they're going to bring out another HomePod it feels weird that they've, you know, they've stopped the big they've one they've stopped the high end one yeah. and yeah, they've yeah. still talked about a HomePod mini it was like mm. why don't you just call it a HomePod it just seems strange um, Siri for third-party devices, which again would be interesting. So, so that is something that's not been around. They talked about Matter, um, which is this new new name for the, that Home Alliance. That again, it was just a boilerplate, and and really, that was about it. No, so it's it endlessly just continuing to tidy things up in the background, things that you might have already expected. Share share play was interesting in the. I think you've highlighted somewhere else the fact that we're probably going to be able to use Mac um, screens now as share play screens, which opens them up a little bit more to other devices actually hooking into them. And, and also, so we're going to move on to Mac. So share play being there as well was really important because again, I think the share bit is up until now in FaceTime, I couldn't share my desktop. You know, just, just what you did, simple things that you, that every, it's like table stakes for all these video services. You can't do it. And it just forces people away. You know, it's just, so the Mac, uh, new version of Mac is called Monterey. Um, and they were talking about FaceTime features and SharePlay and screen sharing and share with you and focus mode. It's all on the Mac. So that was the bit I was saying 20 minutes ago. It's uh, yeah. In the past, there was lots of things that you were like, why can't I get these new FaceTime features on my Mac? And what they didn't elaborate here was but you need to be on an M1. So that is going to drive, I think, people to go, well, hold on, there's now quite a lot of new Mac release that I, if I'm in the ecosystem, I want that. Um uh, I so mean, if you've you... got a, effectively, you're dead to Mac, if uh, to, uh, dead to Apple, if you've got an Intel machine. Uh, Essentially, that's what they're saying. Uh, and none uh, was... of our focus at all is towards you. We're not putting any effort into making any of this backward compatible or trying to placate you. If you want to be on board with Apple now, you've got to ditch your machine that you might have just bought last year. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it will. It... Yeah, it's sore. I think it's sore, but I think it was inevitable. It would have been if because... you bought one last year. Yeah. Um, Universal Control. So this was one of these ones where it was a great demo, but I'm still looking at it going, but it was five grand a kit on here and who's going to do it? So what this was, was a a Mac, an iPad next to it, and your keyboard and mouse for the Mac, and you pushed your mouse over to the right-hand side of the screen, and a little animation appeared in the iPad, 
and as if you're pushing friction and then you just pushed on so using one keyboard and one mouse you're then controlling your iPad and you can drag and drop files between it and you can drag and drop content between it so you can use one keyboard and mouse and control that device. Fine, let's get that on uh, PC as well. So Synergy is what I use to do exactly this yes. process now. Obviously, it hasn't worked with uh, an iPad, but it works across all other devices so I can use a single mouse and keyboard across all my computers uh, without having to keep switching and it understands where they are. Uh, this sounds like, a, like a, an elegant solution, um, but it would be one that I'd love to see them open up um, so that it's not just Mac focused. Agreed. I mean, I'm sitting in a multi-platform world, you know. So, and the the, the bonkers bit of the demo was they then said, "Let's bring in a MacBook Pro in the middle." So they dragged his mouse from the iMac to the MacBook Pro to the iPad, and you can yeah. drag and drop between all three. Great, a great demo. But how many people are realistically going to get? Well, so I don't know. I, once it's there, people use it, don't they? So yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, a couple of things right. as a finally. So finally, you can airplay to a Mac, which you couldn't up to now. Um, finally, and it's good, Shortcuts is now in the Mac. Um, so this will ultimately replace Automator. Um, it's a multi-year transition, but that probably just means this year or next year because it's very feature-rich. Uh, and again, I think it's a really good thing. Shortcuts is far easier to, to do this kind of automation than, than Automator ever was. Um, probably the controversial bit, Safari has got a really, quite a bold new design and how they're doing... Um, tab and window management. I've got tab groups. The tab groups sync across all the devices, and I am not convinced. And certainly, the feedback from people that have then went and put the beaters on is like, "This is this is ouch." Um, so I think it. I think if you work in a very focused way, and try to, um, you know, you know, if I've got five or six tabs around a web development I'm doing, five or six tabs around here's some networking gear that I'm investigating. Hint, hint, what am I buying this week? Five or six times round, you know, whatever content, I think it works. If you're like me and I've just got eight or 90 tabs open and I'm just away, you know, looking at things, I think this is going to be quite quite difficult. And they're hiding, and this is about hate, they're hiding content in a menu button. So like the reload button, which is just usually there, um, and I only hit another button and then find reload or use a keyboard shortcut. And there's yeah, just certain not, things that's like, come on, you've got... We're, we're all They're not thinking about screens. service centers and uh, helplines, are they? Where the no. first thing is, have you tried refreshing that? Yeah. Mind I, you, I think more and more with applications, though, actually the reload button probably does cause developers issues because a lot of state is lost at the point of reload, right? So it's just one of those but, things where maybe in the is, new but, the new advanced app scenarios, you know, all, all those kind of things, actually it uh, becomes more of a pain than a, than a solution. I, I just, I, I get on iOS how you don't have as much screen. But but if you look at you know the laptops and desktops, there is a lot of screen there, and you you know you're talking about taking away, you know not not a lot. I mean, what a centimeter tops? Yeah, yeah. But what I'm suggesting is that actually they might be saving future app development uh, problems rather than thinking about now. They often take buttons away slightly ahead of people realizing that they don't need them anymore. And I don't mind yeah. buttons going away if you let me toggle them on. So if I'm a person that wants to toggle that on, but Apple being Apple will probably be like, this is how you should use this. And Yeah, you'll have to go me. into a registry setting before you uh, could do yeah. something like that. And, and the final bit is just around devs. So, so you know, lots of new APIs. And the, the one they really focus on was something called object capture. So you take a, lots of ob, lots of photos of a 3D object. You know, so they use a shoe or a plant or a pizza um, and actually turn it into a AR 
They call it photogrammetry. Is that the kind of technology they called it? It looked really impressive, and I actually watched. I actually watched a thirty-minute dub dub video that you know the actual focus one, and really really sweet solution. Um, so Swift with some improvements to code cleanup, App Store. So when they went to that, I thought, oh, I wonder if they are going to do something for developers. But all all it really was was you could A/B test your App Store page now. And they kept um, telling them how much they'd given them over money, so stop scrolling over your thirty percent. <laughs> no, that really hacked me off. I got really angry because it, the way they worded it was, "We we have paid out over two hundred thirty billion to developers." And I was like, "Sorry, you haven't." No, you've taken our money through your systems, taken off thirty percent, and then given us the rest. (laughs) So customers have paid that, and you've taken thirty percent of my cut. You didn't pay me that, and I developed this. (laughs) I, I, I. They've always said it though, but it does become a bit more galling as you kind of focus in. And I'm I'm not a developer, but I just, I just get really hacked off at that, at that, at that language. It was just the fact they said it's the same as tax credits. You know, it's like people paying tons and tons of tax, and then the government. Graciously gives that back to people it thinks are are in need, so, you know. So, so two last things. Xcode Cloud. So basically, um, push all your builds to the cloud, um, and they'll do that across all devices. So again, for um, whether you're a one man band or a dev studio, this could really you know free up time. But they didn't. They, they talked about how it's uh, some tests coming and beat us coming this year, and we'll release pricing later this year. Um, and test flight to Mac. Mac. Um, so I know you're not, you know, you're not across all, all iOS. Test flight makes it really easy now to get beta products. Um, and on Mac, if you were a developer trying to give me a beta product, you're sending me zip files um, and and pointing me to Dropbox shares. Yeah, um, it's not ideal, is it? And this just makes it really easy. You you subscribe into a test, you know, a test flight. And you just get the app, and um, so yeah, the, you know, beaters were out that day. Public beaters July released in the fall. I was really quite negative. Thought it was quite a, quite a, a, a small mix of things. But I think when you step back, there's lots of ecosystem crashing together. There's... As as ever, there's just the underlying direction. There's lots of things being tied together in the background. Again, rating for yeah, the day that they say that an iPad is now a, a, a basically an iMac. Um, but uh, so the Apple Music also getting spatial audio and lossless audio. So we talked about this a few uh, podcasts ago, uh, and it does seem like yeah they 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 are offering these enhanced uh, quality uh, music to people, including the so spatial audio, which is their latest thing. Um, but they they are suggesting that the highest level of quality. There's no point having that <laughs> unless unless you're listening on a, a particularly good device. Uh, it's, and you also need you also need like a DAC, you know, to, to, to turn that into something decent, which you know, you know. So basically, we're talking studios. They're very. I mean, it's it's going to be. It's not very often consumer devices have a full on. You know, there's, uh, there's a number of the number of bloggers and folk have been talking about how they've, they've you know the they've turned on blog yeah. geeks. Yeah, yeah so, they've, so they've turned on lossless and they've plugged in a you know they've plugged in a DAC and you know they've listened to it through wired headphones, and and it's like. You need to be quite invested, I think, and and being able to spot the difference. And I mean, I I tried a number Definitely. of tests on the Mac. I can't tell the difference. So this nope. was there's, there's some websites that use um, Spotify as a source and swap between them. And I'm like, I cannot tell the difference. And you go through it five times each track, and you can't. There I, will I, be people who can, and and it's absolutely. irksome. A bit like when you get different people who like higher frame rate, or they like different sort of projection totally. screen technologies yeah. because their eyes are affected so, by it. Some so people's to, ears will be object, object to it. 
back in the day, PCs, I could tell if somebody was in 50 or 60. I, I could just be like, oh, why are you not turning this to this? And I'd be like, can you not see that? You know, I would see the flicker. And I'd be like, can you not see that? Um, what I will say is Dolby Atmos is very interesting. So that's now switched on. Um, and, and Apple have been promoting different playlists. And some of the tracks, you're like, wow, that feels like I'm in... Well, in the middle of that, that cinematic yeah. experience for yeah. music, which is, but you know, I, I, again, I guess it's that move from mono to stereo that was amazing when that happened. This adds that extra, and it's a strange that it's not really been a thing that people have concentrated on because for the for the, you know, if you're watching a movie, you expect that full surround did embeddedness. Ever, did you ever fall into the trap of trying like super audio CDs when they were a thing? And do you remember? I don't know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, when there was that that. That war between is Blu-ray going to win or there was was it was it HD ROM or something? Was there there was two competing formats around yeah, you're right. like, the next yeah, version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and at the same time, there was also things like Super Audio CDs, and they were trying. And I picked up a couple because I had a player at the time to play it, and I'd sit and I had to, I had I had the surround speakers, and you'd be like, that does sound amazing. But it was the usual. It was like Dire Straits would come out and Tubular Bells would come out, and it was like it felt like this is for demo, and then. There was no content. I guess because they realised that people were going to be listening on their just yeah. crappy headphones that so, they got on their, their so, so Apple, you mentioned about mono to stereo and, and a difference. So Apple did a really clever thing. They just did a two minute with Zane Lowe saying, here's here's a track. Um, and I think it was it Marvin Gaye. They used a, I can't remember who they used. And they said, you're now listening to this in, in mono. And then in like the you know, 70s or 80s, there's a big move to, here's a move to stereo. And then they went, and here's now the move to you know, this the, is the, the difference kind of it makes. Yeah, and because you heard the same track in the space of two minutes, you were like, "Oh, I can hear the difference." And they've got some, you know, spatial audio um, playlists. And interestingly, like, like jazz and classical, maybe because I'm not used to them, but I was like, "These sound amazing." But then they're quite, they're quite separated bits of music anyway. You know, they do talk about the picking things. And out. I guess in a, when you go and hear an orchestra live, you do hear that separation of distance and sound yeah, yeah. and positioning of different parts of the orchestra. So again, that makes sense. But the interesting one, so I picked rock and and the Beatles, one Beatles track was on there and it was amazing. But they have been remastered a few years ago and and it was all around multi-channel audio and it was all, it's all geared up for it. Weezer had a track and it was terrible. It sounded horrendous. And, I'm, and I was like, is this me? And and I, you quickly saw it because it was all over all the Apple blogs that day and tw- and, and on Twitter, lots of people going, you know, this track's great, this track's great, this track's crap. It yeah. sounds worse than the stereo track. Um, so I think we're going to see that that and it's interesting. I saw a blog post before before Lossless hit and before um, you know the the Dolby Atmos hit. The biggest thing that's going to make a difference is going to be what that track's been mastered in and what the actual mix is on the track. Not whether you're listening lossless or just listen to it normally now or it's Adobe Atmos. So it, it some 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 sounded really good, but um you know mixed mixed results. Apple Podcasts has gone global, so 170 countries and regions now got Apple Podcasts. We talked about that, and so it's the subscription side of, of that, so people can offer a premium offering, so whether that be listen without ads or otherwise give additional content. Uh, confirmed that Apple will take a 30% cut in year one, 15% after year one. Uh, quite different from other you know places. I think Spotify's current 
is saying we're not taking anything during a trial period and then we'll end up taking five percent so who's going to win out it depends on the audience and who actually ends up do you have do the apple dollar people actually want to spend some more money or or will the sort of lower fees actually trap poor people towards spotify so um subscriptions can start from 49 uh, cents uh, a, a month but can go up to um sort of i think 4.99 is the top one at the moment so there's quite a spread of of uh, of subscription costs i've been interesting apple are still um are still by far the biggest um i was gonna say biggest player but i think that's the biggest route in for people to listen to podcasts um, Spotify is obviously trying to say, come to my platform and, and you can listen to content there. And we're seeing it with like, BBC Sounds or something. Well, BBC Sounds, yeah, which is yeah. A, a great service. If you go and actually it go is. and listen to it, it's brilliant. It but it's... it just you have to have an app for this, an app for that, an app for that. And it sort of breaks what podcasts used to be, for sure. It, it, it does. So I, I think this is one where we're only going to see probably in 18 months' time, you know, which ones won out as a... Is and they may, and it may not be that they do win out. Yeah. You know, ultimately, we have got multiple video providers. No one video provider is one out. So, it's just going to be a world where you do have to go to different places to go and get different content. And it's understandable in a world where podcasts are now no longer just sort of hobbyists like us just sitting down chatting they they are money moving enterprises with bills to pay and they do need to cover costs so it's not surprising and it's where we're moving away from things like newspapers podcasts are becoming more ways of consuming news and and journalism as well in a long format uh, which does require investment so it's not surprising this has happened um it, it feels a bit unsavory from the old open free and available to everyone but equally when you start having bills to pay you've got to cover those costs it was was almost inevitability about it just the way that they're surprising it's taken this long yeah yeah uh, Biden has taken away some of the rulings that, or the orders that Trump put in place against TikTok, uh, WeChat, so anything sort of China related. Um, but he has sort of replaced it with other his own orders, which is kind of you know, and they're kind of doing the same thing. Except for one one person says it one way, he says it in a slightly more conciliatory way. Uh, but that's what his orders have done. So there's no longer a kind of stipulation if it's china it's bad it's like it's 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 fine up until it's provably <laughs> you're provably using our data wrong yeah how the new ones seem to be a bit more i want to say evidence-based um you know so actually saying you know the it's the the commerce department should make sure that foreign adversaries aren't you know, taking advantage or threatening national security um whereas it felt very arbitrary that that you know the Trump regime. China was very bad. Much, yeah, was just like. And now on. what he's saying is, China might be bad. We'll just prove it before we before yeah. we stop it. But it might be too yeah. late by then. Who knows who's right? Yeah. Um, Apple and Google both being investigated. And again, it's things that that we're talking about and the lead up for the last month, few months really, but both being invested by the UK competition body around their dominant position in the mobile phone market. We've seen Europe investigating this. We've seen other countries investigating as and now the UK's um, Competition and Markets Authority is also looking at the two firms and underst- to understand, do they have a position of power which and are they abusing that position in any way? Um, yeah. you know. So basically the, 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 the claim is they're a duopoly. Um, which is hard to you know hard to argue because that 
that feels like reality. Especially um, when they both charge thirty percent to become on their app store yep. market. Why? Where does that? Why is it exactly thirty percent? And why do both companies have exactly the same investment in that cost? And then they, and then they both went to fifteen after a year, and yep. and it, and it's like if I want to buy a mobile phone right now. I'm either buying Apple or I'm buying an Android version. Yeah, there's no true Samsung competition or... from a provider saying, no. oh, I'm only going to charge you 5% on my on my app store because they don't exist. They're, they're not relevant. Yeah, And this is separate. So, so CMA, Com- Competition Markets, so they're already investigating Apple around App Store and Google's already been investigated around new privacy system. Um, so I think it's the, the, we're seeing the CMA really really getting into some of these tech issues now and, and saying we, 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 we will... You know, investigate and potentially, you know, legislate against it. And and in America, I should have really added this into the show notes, but 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 Chris would have absolutely killed me for that. <laughs> the um, but there was five bills and their and their cross is it cross party bipartisan? I don't know the right wording for it in America, but basically supporters on both sides of the house, and it's five tech bills that are looking to almost kill the big tech firms. And if you look at one of the bills, it would basically mean for Apple that if you bought their phone, they couldn't put um, notes, an app store, Apple Music, um, any any kind of their own apps or services on that platform. It's the same arguments we were having with Microsoft where Microsoft were no longer allowed to install Internet Explorer and other things onto their computers. Um, when they do so it's them. a really it's a because to me you get into a gray area where well hold on you're actually really hurting me as a consumer but if you start to force me down a line of right I'm going to get a device and before I can do anything so how do I get a browser you know how do I get an app store on there if you're going to say I can't have an app store on it so how do I get apps on there do I need to go to Safari which I need to then open up as a, an option but I might not want Safari but how do I get that on there it's it's just felt. I, I get what they're trying to do, and I get this, I get they're saying these these companies are now too powerful, but it just felt felt the way. It's going to feel bottom. unsavory because you can see the negatives and the positives mm. from what the old system was. But equally, you know, when Microsoft were no longer allowed to put Internet Explorer on uh, their computers, well, ultimately, better browsers were developed, moved forward, the, yep. and we end up in a situation where now, if a browser browser is better, it's completely independent, and therefore you can move to it, whereas before, it was very much, well, it's just installed on my PC, so Internet Explorer stuck around for far too long because of that. Uh, so eventually, it helps, but it's there is a not even short-term pain. There's obviously a, a you know a quite extended set of pain around having the walled garden approach, which Apple loves and works towards because it's controlled and everything is 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 seamless. To being service and microservices driven, where you can plug in and out different bits. So you're saying how how can I have a phone without an app store? Well, other people, you know, there'll be little plugins that you can get to, to slot that in. That that's ultimately where they would see, but that's not going to happen. There's going to be no drive. Apple don't want to do that. Then. <laughs> You know, they, there's no in investment or no incentive for them to invest and get that sorted. And I think yeah. I think what we'll end up with is the bills will get, you know, there'll be lots of legal arguments to get watered down. We will, we will see, I think we will, we will see something come out. Um, and we have seen Apple change. You know, you're right. I can now change my mail app, you know, so I can pick a third party one and that's my default. I can pick the same for other things, so it's. I think mapping services as well. You can do that now. Is that right, or is um, that still not quite open? I up? don't think you can. So I think okay. is it was it was it music, music mail and the browser. So you could change <laughs> Chrome to a default. You could change, you, you know, you could change small steps. You know, yeah, 
<laughs> not the one that people want to change because Hafel Maps is definitely not as good. I guess otherwise it probably Maps would kill that be, project. Um, it, it's, it's just because I don't use Apple Maps. I just use Google Maps. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> Google has opened up Workspace to everyone. So Workspace is basically their G Suite. Now, you remember the sort of the original G Suite sort of Google Docs was kind I, of... I was going to say, I don't remember, Chris. Give us a history of all the different things that Google have called their tools. Please, uh, and chat services, go. Go but on. you used to have like a, a free entry into all those um, services. Uh, then Google moved them to a kind of freemium model. So there was a free service, but you had the premium side of things. Now they went into the corporate side of things where they do charge subscriptions for all that and, and based on the number of users and how much storage and all that kind of features you want to have. And now they're kind of coming back to the consumer side of things and saying, we are opening all this up to consumers there will still be a premium consumer option uh where you can still pay a subscription to get uh sort of more 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 space more capabilities but but essentially the base offering of here's your spreadsheet here's your you know like um word processor here's this that the other uh, slides they're all free to you you can go and use them um and i guess again just a just a, a sensible decision in a world where you know that you want people using your services. Yep, and we're going to see a bit of a new. I think we covered it when we talked about um, um, Google I/O. So, so finally, they're going to do something a bit more modern round round some of these collaboration tools, which we've relied on and used for years, and they work really well. But um, there are there are some things about it that are quite creaky. EA has been hacked and had source code stolen. We talked about uh, it was Cyberpunk, wasn't it, that got that got hacked and had their source code stolen not that long ago. EA have come out and, and had their um, Frostbite engine, uh, the source code, and also some some other sort of game type things. Uh, it, you know, they're saying no player uh, details are involved in this sort of hack, um, but but uh, the the angle I I thought on this was you know. It's a, it's kind of a a shallow angle in on one aspect, but we see cheating and game hacks uh, all the time now in the PC world. It's an incredibly difficult thing to monitor and fight against. And having all your source code out in the wild, the underlying nuts and bolts of the engine which you use repeatedly to churn out game after game after game. I mean, ultimately, someone's got the whole of FIFA 21. That means they've actually got pretty much the whole source code for FIFA 22, 23, 24, because they do just regurgitate. Um, and if you've got now someone having a full understanding of the nuts and bolts of how your game engine is working, it makes cheat engines much more effective. Uh, absolutely. Um because you know, I, I think, I mean, there's definitely an angle that other other game companies will be interested in, obviously seeing that source code. Um, but I think you're right; it's more the it's more the kind of impact on players, you know, because this cheating is. I'm amazed at when you well, see some Well, it actually involves money now. And, and yeah. if you think about streamers, and streamers have been known to cheat and have had, you know, fallen into disgrace. So sometimes those people you think have got an amazing shot and are incredibly good at all these games don't have such an amazing shot and no, maybe are not as incredible the little, at these games. Have you seen the little physical device? I think I talked to you about it one night when we were actually doing a bit of gaming. It's a little physical device that you can plug in and it, and it, and it stops the recoil. It, 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 so it's intercepting obviously you how you're inputting and it's compensating for the recoil so you can see it with and without so you'll see like cod and you'll just see this you know recoil just takes you you know shooting up in the air 
plug that device in and you're rock solid. And that's where the, you know, the best, the most skillful players, they obviously have to adjust their mouse movements to get all that fidelity. They have to know exactly the guns inside out, how much they have to pull down on their mouse as they're firing. And this, again, just means that you don't even have to move the mouse. It does it all for you. And, and you so difficult to detect that in a meaningful way because, again, the skilled players can get it so spot on that you can't just ban someone who doesn't show any uh, you know, movement away from that. Um, but, yeah. What, what was interesting... Um, I don't know if you saw the behind the scenes on the hack, it was all through Slack so it was a bit of social engineering in Slack so somebody managed to get into the EA Slack channel and um, they had IT help in there and he was you know, like, after a couple of days managed to get some somebody helpfully gave them a, here's how you can log in we'll get you back up and running and that's how they got in That's how most hacks happen nowadays, it is the human element that 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 is the problem um, i think we see more with remote working you know that you're not in an office environment that they're relying on a lot especially of if you could do it via text you know there's yeah, no absolutely. saying you're who you are google stadia coming to chromecast uh google tv android tv on june 23rd so when you bought the original stadia pack you got a Chromecast device with it, and that was the it was a sort of enhanced version of it that contained it. So it looks like they are going to plug that extra hardware into Chromecast as you buy new ones. So um, you know, bless, they're they're still going, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> but equally, I think we are seeing now that so many other providers are are coming up with their streaming solutions that they could become relevant again because they're now advanced and down the road with this. The problem is, I think they're almost it's one of those situations we used to see with microsoft so many times they were just slightly ahead of the curve and therefore sometimes by being in the marketplace already you're you're you know you're you're not you're overlooked when these new services come out right and i think i mean streaming is a thing there's no getting away from it but i think what's important is it's the library behind it and how you know i still think when they're launched if they'd launched it as a as a subscription service and it clearly couldn't and it's, it's I, I, they clearly couldn't make the economics work I always thought they were going to launch and say, 10 a month, here's these games. Um, and yeah, what it was, kind was of game 10 pass. Month, yeah. but you need to buy the game as well. And I, that's because I, the reality I, is, even if you're not playing on a console directly, you are still using the hardware and there's a massive amount of infrastructure there needed to run at mm. that level that you can to play the games at. So yeah, it's... it's the, it, it's still tricky and still doesn't quite work. Um, but Luna, this is Amazon's game streaming services. That's coming to Prime members from the 21st, 22nd June. Um, and again, they've got the kind of very similar kind of game lineup going on. You know, they've got the Assassin's Creed, the, the Far Cries, the Watch Dogs, but they're across most of the streaming services. So I'm not sure what's going to give you uh, the additional incentive here to go and uh, play well, on the Luna service. They've done a tie with Ubisoft with this. So this is almost like Ubisoft saying this is how our... Kind of, right, you know, okay. it, it, I wouldn't say exclusive because you're right. It's I've seen them elsewhere, games everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it just seems more more tied tied to that. It'll be interesting just with the might of Amazon, you know, because they are a a massive shop front. Whether that gets more traction than something like the the Stadia stuff. They've always and they've proved in in the past many a time that they're willing to do lost leaders um, and invest to try and get market share, uh, throw some cash at it. They've got enough of it. Uh, and Xbox streaming also coming to TVs and streaming devices. So with uh, you know, you can then stream. Is it is it this is their Xbox on the streaming directly from your console to other devices in your house? Uh, or is this it's both, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so you can stream from your own. You can stream from their cloud service. 
Um, and what's coming is XCloud, they, they, that's it, yeah. Yeah, what they believe is coming is um, you know you you'll have a little Microsoft dongle that you'll buy, or it'll just be a install the Xbox app on your latest LG TV and just stream uh, away. And again, from an Xbox Pass uh, Ultimate experience, the you know whether they'll go that extra mile and say, well, any game that you've got on your Xbox Pass, you can also stream wherever you are and we're doing whatever you so, want to do. So the one the one thing that's really interesting was um, so they've replaced their XCloud XCloud hardware used to be Xbox Ones. They're replacing that now with basically the Series X. And what they're saying is we'll bring Series X games now to Xbox One because you'll play via the cloud. Amazing. Um, which is like, it's just as you say, it's just like it's boggling. But they're, they're they're basically still trying to say we'll get the content wherever wherever you are. So whether you're on Android, iOS, a TV, or and I guess the only thing they're not on, it still makes me think. I wonder if they would do it. Would they turn around and say we're on Sony, we're on we're on we're on Nintendo? Not sure yet. That's no, yet to but be seen. But that's the it? last. That's the, is the, and it's a massive chunk of people. Ultimately, but, Xbox Game Pass is going to be their income stream, not selling new consoles. That's what it sounds yeah. like and feels like. And, and that's what there was, you know, there was a real commitment. They, you know, so the guy that heads it up, the gaming division, sat down with Satya Nadella and said, "Xbox, are, sorry, Microsoft are all in in gaming. Um, we're not coming out the console market. We're not coming out the hardware market." And, it, and it, it's the same same as these other things like with like pieces of big software like adobe um you know the, the suites they've realized that 5.99 7.99 10.99 every single month is a much better income stream than that one-off purchase every well theoretically every time they put a new release out but actually what they found was people were sort of skipping releases yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know maybe three years later that's when they'd do, do well, the is, next big upgrade what was because what was that box price was that up at like six eight hundred if you wanted the full thing it was quite if you wanted the full cash. thing it was well over a thousand pounds yeah for, for the non-student version and i'm sure you never looked outside the student version <laughs> student version <laughs> what's that <laughs> there's um Probably. Anyway, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't the know what um, that is. no. It, to, to be honest, I, I still it, it's one of the things that's weird. I still subscribe to the photography one, and I'm looking at it going. I'm, I'm taking no pictures, and I'm giving you ten pound a month. What am I doing? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, it's it's there's, there's definitely a direction of travel around that subscription service, and I think there will be some of us probably like me and you will still be. Oh, hardware i like the hardware i like the fact i'm playing it on my hardware i'm not relying on an internet connection it can go flaky and I, i'm still convinced that there'll be some latency around control that i don't want to get involved in um, equally that's a very now thought process and five years from now those thought processes will very be very different. different place because yeah. they're because they're building with a they'll have a roadmap that they're saying our our you know internet technologies and infrastructure across the world will be this by 10 years time when you have optical to the house on in every yeah. house then things like controller lag it's probably yeah. no different from wireless no. controller lag that we happily accept now so exactly yeah. I, 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 if we saw actually measured all the different bits of lag that we've, you've actually got and you think oh but i'm not going to plug a wire in yeah but you've just now introduced another you know 20 30 milliseconds in there and yeah. even th- things in your TV, if you don't optimize your TV settings, you've got more lag yeah. in there that, that just adds up. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we don't think about display lag when you're thinking about it. But by the time a signal comes to your TV, it still has to make it into a pixels that show on your screen. Yeah. It's, it's all and sorts I'll, of And I'll say one that. thing that will mean nothing to anybody else, but shotgun face. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. 
with the sound of the shotgun. Facebook has, uh, in an unprecedented move, is putting ads into virtual reality headsets in a move that the uh, Oculus creator said was not going to happen. It, it has. They're just doing it as tests, though, Sweeps, so that's all right, isn't it? You call me Sweeps. What a gaming right now. The, <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. You've taken me out of my bubble. Um, it, 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 this was inevitable, especially as the Oculus is definitely getting sold at a loss. Um, and you, you can see that when you compare it to like the Vive, and you look at the, the, the you know, what you can do with it and the grunt that's on it. It's like you know, you're you're selling this for a loss. So I think ads were inevitable. Um, even when they said the new version was, you know, you had to have a Facebook account, was the previous one didn't. You know, you it, it was like we know what's coming, and, and it, it's happening. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm dis- disappointed. And then every so often I get a really jarring advert on that Xbox dashboard that I pay for. And I'm like, get that off my screen. <laughs> All righty. So we are only an hour in and we have just got to <laughs> E3. Well done, us. Um, so let's let's just, I think, I think pull out highlights. For me, very much Xbox Bethesda focused in my, what I've seen and watched. But actually, I think I've hit the meat of it by, by only really concentrating on those because the rest of it, it was yeah a little bit less less involved i'd say um but ubisoft um had nine of their bigger announcements um mostly around rainbow six yeah exactly so it was like a new a new a new basically what was called in the past um, i think it was going to called rainbow six quarantine but obviously because of what's happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so so it's strategy so it's almost like um it's almost like a kind of aliens mode you know, you okay. Know, that's that's what they're going for, um, and then there's a there's a rainbow six. So rainbow six siege is actually on its sixth year, and it's, and it's these... still massively popular online. Yep. It's really uh, you know sparked an interest. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, you know they talked about what's coming this season. Looked really good, and again the rest of the games are all much more watchness. So there's a uh, you know Assassin's Creed Valhalla is getting a second year of 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 extra content. So in the past I think they've dropped a new one every year, and I think they're saying actually, you know. We've got enough enough of Valhalla to to keep people. I guess going it just and... takes so long to build a world like that. that you know exactly. that you really want and to make the most COVID. of it. So I think we've seen yeah. COVID. COVID has really knocked some of these um, you know some of these game developers around actually pushing their content out. Um, and you know Rocksmith Plus. So Rocksmith is still a thing, which I must admit kind of bypass me. So this is all about their here's how you can learn to play guitar and, and you know rock along uh, with with your favorite track they were always ongoing services weren't they because they could add music to them and stuff like yeah like like you i guess that's just fallen off my periphery but but for some people i guess that's still still a thing at riders republic so this is an extreme sports it almost feels like the kind of compilation games you used to get it's like and i'm going back to daily thompson so <laughs> how far back i'm going um daily thompson to kathleen and so this was like um you know mountain biking snowboarding you can glide between mountains. You've got jetpacks. It was just a, it was like mm, in, in, interesting, but it's but it's on every platform. So it's on um, Amazon Luna, Google Stadia, PlayStation mm. Four, PlayStation Five, Windows PC, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, um, Scattergun. Uh, yeah, and then Far Cry Six. You know, Far Cry Six got a mention, which has been mentioned before. Uh, and then there was new Mario and Rabbids game, um, which which was actually really really well received in 2017. So this got yeah, a lot good. of press, and it looked it looked really good. Uh, and then Avatar's coming, and I'm like, don't like it. Wow. 
<laughs> I mean, that, that's still getting hype for no apparent reason. Oh. Uh, amazing that, that that film. Um, and then yeah, Xbox Bethesda. Um, the biggest the biggest takeaway from this is pretty much everything they showed on stage is going to be uh, day one Game Pass, and you were like, wow. You know, that that is pretty incredible, given that they're some of the size of the games they were showing. So Starfield, we've had our first kind of glimpse into what the heck Starfield is. But the excitement around Starfield has been just about the team developing it. You know, the the, the same kind of team as um, your Oblivion type games. And, and, and But this is a newly imagined universe and, and what that could mean. And we now know that you're going to be flying around in spaceships and you've got droids and bots to help you and... It's about finding the meaning of life, ultimately, I think. Um, so that's interesting. But, yep, first saw that. And um, Back for Blood was an interesting one. So Left for Dead. Is that the Left for Dead take it's on? Still, it's basically the same kind of concept. It's the same team. It's the same team same team. It was, so it's the same team as Left for Dead. So it's almost a spiritual successor. Um, looks And it looks similar in concept. It looks, looks very similar. It's almost like a Left for Dead for, for, for the new consoles. Um, and I would I would have picked this up, you know. So if the fact that that's coming day one Game Pass October twenty first, it's like thumbs up. Yeah, I'll, definitely. I'll, I'll and we we used to love that game and played it. That was it. great. Given that there, were, I think there were only like four or five scenarios, weren't they? But we because it was different every single time you played it. And then if you played it on different levels, it was different again. It was the, the, when, when uh, you yeah, when you bumped up the difficulty, it got it got impossible. Tough. <laughs> yeah, it got tough. Uh, for me, the biggest and most fun announcement and the most wow announcement was of Sea of Thieves, which they still repeatedly roll out. But this time, this is a Disney tie-in with the Pirates of the Caribbean. So you've got Jack Sparrow and uh, Davy Jones coming in to the game mode and a real story-driven content um, and and some real excitement and sort of you know drama building up. And that's that's um, that's out very soon, isn't it? Tuesday. There you go, wow. So June June twenty second. Um so yeah, so so it's like Starfield's like, you know, it's like next November. So it's eighteen months away. But but I think the difference with this E three for me was Xbox were actually saying, Here's stuff coming in the next six months. Whereas last because year it was it was all it was all like here's next year. Maybe. Yeah. They didn't even necessarily put dates by yeah. them, did they? It was like here's next year. Whereas this was and, and the CFD stuff brought a smell to my face. I was watching it going that's that's really well smart. it's encouraging me it will get me back into that game because i will want yeah. to play that content you know yeah, yeah. and, and as long and if they do it intelligently and sort of make it so you, you know it's a real it really is an adventure i'd love it that it would take longer than an hour's playthrough to get to get there yeah well I'd we like talked it. about the some of the later missions that they started to drop were like goonies-esque there was a real there was a real good bit of content in it that you were like how do we do this part? I remember us arguing, me, you, and Dave arguing yeah. about how we you're doing this wrong. Blah blah blah. Yeah, we had obstacle courses. And we had that whole massive yeah. moment where we went into a cavern with a ship in it and all those yeah, kinds of things. It was really, yeah, really well great. done. Really yeah. well done. Yakuza like a dragon. They're available on the day of the announcement. So this is you know it's uh, it's almost like a Grand Theft Auto with you know with a bit of you know kung fu. <laughs> it's like, that, and I remember playing one of the older games and actually thinking this is a really solid world. There's a bit of the kind of um, Batman Return to Arkham type feel as well to the fight to the fighting scene. So and and quite well received. And I've I've not played this version yet, but it is available now. It was available on the day of the announcement. 
Um, we also saw uh, the kind of standard. I was going to say, I saw, I've not played it, but it actually does get well reviewed. So it's 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 something. I need it's to a, it's one of those. It's a you know it's it's almost like movie like in that it's got a nice story arc and it's quite funny as well as uh, you know there's bits of seriousness in there as well. We had the battlefield overview, which looked absolutely bonkers. Um, you know. <laughs> crazy i was looking at it going oh my god and you were going yeah bring it on i, I um, was but that guy just sums up me it's just like you know it's like i, I, I just always chuckle at our compete, competing game styles it's like there's a there's a storm coming in i can't see who's in there i'll run in and just die <laughs> yeah. but i'll love it <laughs> it's just but yeah. again there's no cross gen this is like uh this is for interesting yeah. series x Next. i'm hoping we're going to see quite a and it does look like I mean, it was like battlefields have rarely failed to impress anyway on whatever generation no. they're on. So if there's a developer willing then to push uh, to the next gen, then that that should like say be the first time we get some of those wow feelings that 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 some of the things like Unreal Engine Five demos have, have have showed us. Maybe a game will actually meet up to that. Um, Psychonauts Two. Psychonauts was one of those hidden gems of old Xbox content years ago. From the, I think it's the same guy who did Grim Fandango and other things like that so a real real style uh based gameplay um real quirky and yeah bit you know bit you know hallucinogenic to say the least so again this is psychonauts 2 you're going inside someone's brain and it's uh, an interesting take and angle again august 25th so it's a little while away before we get our hands on that although not that far is it I'm forgetting how far through the year we already are. It's a whole two months of it. <laughs> and then all the kind of Bethesda type stuff that we knew was going to come. So we've got Doom Eternal coming June 29th. Skyrim is, you know, fully getting released. Fallout 76 all onto the Game Pass. Elder Scrolls Online is getting console enhanced. Um, and then we went into some sort of other sort of angles. So Party Animals is a game that I've seen across other consoles with other people playing. It's coming to Xbox um hades um you you you're quite keen on that so hades is is as many people's game of the year last year so lots of you know magazines and websites and you know game shows were like this is the game of the year um so fantastic game august 13th out in game pass and it comes and that's the first time it comes to console as well so xbox and playstation and it's it's tough but but really enjoyable and of the other ones the, the kind of the um halo infinite is obviously was a, a big uh, yeah. a big part of the Xbox announce, and they showed quite a lot of say new footage, and importantly they showed some multiplayer across the big team type battles as well as the kind of four v four type that is core you know yeah gameplay footage. And we 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 love our Halo, um, and Halo Infinite last year didn't look great. You know, they got a lot of you know they got a lot of negativity around. You know, it's not ready, and we're pushing it back. Because um, because it's like you 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 got your Xbox Day One console and Halo Infinite was on the was on the cover of it because they were clearly that was the aim was it was yep. you were going to get a new console and your new Halo, um so big decision to push back. Um, they didn't show they didn't show much of the campaign which was interesting. just a little bit little snippets on the entry and they also didn't commit to a release date which was interesting that they've committed to a release date for starfield you know 11th of november you know <laughs> next year but we're not telling you when halo's coming this year um but they have they've said they've said holiday so that can we, we're kind of assuming that's gonna be november I, december time right and and there was, and there was the, the day after their main e3 they actually dropped a kind of 14 minute 12 minute detailed look at multiplayer which I thought looked really good. You know, I, I just yeah. think it's really calling out certain things, 
I think addressing some of the issues on 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 Halo Five, um, and also if you're an insider, they're going to start inviting people into you know small drops of come and join the beta, come and come and test it out. So, um, hundred and twenty frames per second. We're talking uh, yeah. crossplay, and that scares the bejesus out of me. As long if I can't turn crossplay off, that could yeah. be awful. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, so there's some bits that are, I think we need to you know, wait and see, but I I was much, much happier after watching that multiplayer video and just yeah. seeing some of the, I guess, the content, what they're committing to, what they've talked about with Battle Pass, what they've talked around with other things. And this is a free-to-play game, you know, so you, if, you, if you're if you not on Game Pass, um, it's free-to-play. But they must have so many people on Game Pass now. It's, 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 it's... So yeah, basically anyone with a console or a PC, you will be able to get your hands on this player and therefore the population density should be high, which will hopefully reduce some of the issues we've got currently with Halo 5, which are largely geographic spacing based. Um, and probably one of the most highly anticipated or highly received games was Forza Horizon 5. Mm. Uh, I think of the whole sort of the whole E3, this was one of the ones that people get excited. It's, it's weird how the Forza Horizon just came out of nothing and, and the, the original game was kind of accepted. But it, from then on, it's just gone from strength to strength. Everyone actively looks forward to the next Forza Horizon, just all the new challenges, the new world. We're going to go to Mexico this time and the, and the environments do look pretty intense. You know, there's that whole... You know that Far Cry jungle richness, and you're going to be able to tear through that. You know, at, you know, 150, 200 mile an hour. Uh, so bonkers. They're putting ray tracing into their kind of vista mode. So when you're st- sitting there watching stuff, you can get even higher fidelity on there. But but it looks like they're concentrating on what they're good at, which is that, that whole you know open world uh, environment. Uh, I, I I said to you at the time I was a little bit disappointed with how I thought the cars were interacting with the environment. This, this environment was as rich as you like, but there's there's something about putting a load of polygons on and then if a car drives through it and it doesn't seem to affect it in the way you expect. I, I felt they nailed that in the you know Horizon Four and and maybe this is you know they're still working on it or so maybe maybe I'm just being a bit overly critical, but still I'm dead looking forward to that. Um, the interesting playground games who are making that that's clearly they've got to get this out the door because they are also making the new fable and we saw nothing more on fable because uh, there was lots of rumors about fable would drop at the end of this is it like a because it, it did say one more thing he actually said that one more thing i'm sitting there thinking that'll be fable and they'll, they'll commit to a next year release um and, but i'm and, guessing and, it's, their team is just flat out on horizon and that's what they're doing yeah because we're so forza horizons on november 9th so so four months away so not 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 far in the grand scheme of things um or is that five months can't count five months away um so not not long um fable not mentioned and interestingly the proper forza not even a screenshot not even a video whereas last year there was a that's video right we saw it, it quite an impressive uh, video which yeah, actually I, was formulation yeah. it was render wasn't it, it was yeah just, it was just renders. um and a couple other things i just want to call out so um flights in coming to xbox so july of course 27th. yeah i even mentioned it yeah fine yeah, yeah. um I, and again you know like any any flight sim trailer that they do it, it just looks just, it just it looks amazing, bonkers amazing yeah and then since it's come out if people haven't tried it you know every what 
couple of months to drop. So, so this week was was like Scandinavian Nordic, I think was the call that was the region. You know, so like Norway, Sweden, Iceland hold a new, you know, graphic. And that's where they take something airports. that already looks pretty bonkers and makes it even more realistic. It's just amazing. It's, it's hats off to them. You know, it's like it's it's really good. And also, there's a Top Gun Maverick expansion coming November as a time in the movie. And I and I think there's also that's the hint about the console release as well in that they have to bring game-like content because it is very much a simulator on pc and it really i mean one of its criticisms at launch was how you had to use your own imagination to go and set missions and things like that whereas you will see with the console i think things much more like this maverick mode which is going to be you know like tie-ins and like and more more depth to the game aspect of it I think the other thing was just the amount of content that is coming next year that looked really good, you know. And and the difference with last year's E three was everything felt like, you know, next year. But what we've actually got is an amazing lineup coming over the next, you know, ne- you know, the next six months. So taking us through to Christmas, you know, they, they took you through the games that are there, and they're all games that you'd play. You know, they were yeah. L- last time out, it was very much everything felt two years out still, and as if there was still nothing for us to get excited about. Crackdown three was what we were getting excited about, and that <laughs> went well, didn't it? Um, and and you know, and so this time you are guaranteed by the time we get to Christmas this year, we're going to have five, six different great things to play, and that that's good that it's got that close and that tangible. I've not even mentioned AJ Empires Four, which is like an, you know if you're into that, massive, kind of, yeah. it's it's just such a huge drop. So if you look, it doesn't at the, really sit on my radar, but for some no, people that will be their life. They've been waiting exactly. for exactly. You know, so it's like July flight sim, August Psychonauts, AJ Empires Four is October, um, Forza's November, and I guess we're going to see either September or December Halo drop. And I do wonder if they'll do something like multiplayer for one and campaign, you know, and split it. Then it'll be interesting interest but no i i i thought a really good you know really good show for xbox yeah and for you know if if you are a playstation fan obviously you don't have a big e3 presence and and you see some of the games that are coming out but you don't get that big in your face this is what we're up to and again you know how these things have been going in waves where playstation was ahead now xbox pushing and it just seems like a couple of times and xbox has pushed ahead especially with their subscription service and playstation are struggling to match that they have backtracked already and said games everywhere in a situations where they said it was only going to be next gen and i think that's their hand has been forced on that because of the covid situation which you can't you know can't blame on anyone but yet they need to react and i think they are starting to react but it's the Xbox Game Pass has got quite a lead there, uh, especially after that announcement telling you you're going to get 28 more games in the next couple of years. All, you know, pretty high quality, top notch stuff going on. And who, who knows what they're going to end up like, but it certainly builds the hype. Yeah, um, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, you kicked off talking about Starfield, which has been eagerly anticipated for years. So and that, they've made the, ex- they have confirmed it's exclusive yeah. as well. They've said, screw you, other platforms. This is definitely uh, one, what we spent one, our money on. Yeah. <laughs> And one more thing, which I was in some ways a bit underwhelmed because it was a CG trailer. Um, it was for a, a, a game called Redfall. So it was almost like a kind of like a zombie shooter like Left for Dead, but it's coming from Bethesda. Yeah. And, and again, that's the kind of. I, 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 I kind of I didn't get excited by it at all because no it was well it was CGI so it was I was like, gonna say it it looked impressive but it looked yeah. like I'd watching a movie and not really a game no. uh, and again we'll it's a long way away so not until sort I would, of I would of the rather next year, so. I would rather they they had done like flight sim and then done Redfall and then said one more thing Forza is coming this year and that would yeah. have been like a mic drop like 
working on. Oh, from. brilliant, yeah. Uh, Nintendo were there and they did do some stuff, although, again, people were a little bit disappointed with the content. Their Life is Strange is coming to their consoles. No one particularly caring about that. They did talk about the next <laughs> Smash Brothers. Uh, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, which is effectively their old games brought onto the new consoles. Uh, and Mario Party Superstars is always one of those, isn't there? The, really, the, the main thing was, and the only thing that people have ended up talking about massively is obviously the, the next Legend, uh, the Breath of the Wild sequel, um, which, you know, again, they're talking about 22 release, and that's all we know so far. They did show some footage and some enhancements. They showed footage, and it looked good. I found it interesting that they said we're aiming for 2022 release, which I, I think tells a story that they're not confident. And equally shows that you know they're they're not changing the rendering engine that much. This is this is this is how long it takes them to put that quality of game together. And I know that people prefer them to do that because ultimately, when Nintendo hit things on the head with Breath of the Wild, they nailed it. You know, they I, I, they have I sold did. a whole console generation based oh, on sure. what game. And the Switch, the Switch, I mean, it is like the you know what a success story. We, we that and Animal Crossing, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sold a whole but, console. But there was, but, but I, I mean, an, Animal Crossing, um, you know, there was Breath of the Wild, um, and, and even Mario Kart. You know, it was just just amazing experience. Um, I did wonder because there was lots of rumours that they were going to launch a Switch Pro, um, which which didn't happen. Um, and I wonder if that's why they're kind of hedging bets around is a Switch Pro going to come next year because you really want a. And here's the new Zelda, but there's so many people with a Switch. There's no way they're going to not make it, you know, on both. That's um, right. And, yeah. a, and a couple other things just to call out. So, so Metroid, so Metroid Prime, they I think they pulled two years ago and said we're not going to make it. We need to, we need to, you know, rethink it, redo it. Um, but they've announced Metroid Dread, which is a, a 2D side scroller. So that got a lot of press. And also, this was the one you, you mentioned, like Monkey Ball, and they're doing like a reimagining a Monkey Ball. They're also doing it for, I don't know if you remember Advance Wars. Advance Wars. I loved Advance Wars. It was amazing. Game Boy Color, I think, was that? Was it Game Boy 2 or something? I, I remember, again, was I went Game Boy Advance. That's it, Game Boy Advance. That's because, it, yeah. it was Advance Wars. I still got it. And I, in fact, it's, I, I sparked it up not that long ago. We're probably only talking about a year ago. Charged up my little Game Boy Advance to see whether it still worked and whacked in, uh, you know, um, yeah, the, the wars. And it was I just brilliant. Just loved it. So that is a, a uh, they are getting rebuilt and, and coming, um, and it's December 3rd. This felt like, a, it was almost like a, um, there's a bit of retro vibe about the Nintendo announcements, and there's a bit of, there's a bit of rehashing content, but we've Definitely. seen that on other platforms as well. Um, uh, you know, I would be keen to play Advance Wars again. I just remember yeah, yeah, enjoying yeah, them yeah. so much. Now, whether that would ruin it, and I would go back to them and go, actually, it's not as good as I remember, but I hope not. Hope not. Yeah. Well done. We've got to the end of E3. I mean, we've we have chopped out obviously quite a lot of content there. I've concentrated on the bits that I was interested in. That's what we kind of do. And and say a lot of the bump around it was in, unless you're going to give us a release date, I'm not that interested in you know spouting it forward because there's plenty of time to get hyped about games. But I am excited about Game Pass and and what that means and 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 what's coming up in the next few months. So yeah, it's definitely something to look forward to. No more. Um, I, I'm just going to say one more thing. So the most the most watched Xbox video from the last week was the mini fridge that they're bringing out. Um, <laughs> so this was a social media thing on Twitter where they were trying to become the most liked brand, and it was like a some sort of match. They had to go through rounds, and they ended up it was ended up them and M and M's. And the guy who heads up, it doesn't head up Xbox, but he's one of the head honchos. He was like, 
see if you help us win this. We will launch a mini fridge. And they won. And they are launching the mini fridge. So come and they this said year, I have an advert for it. Yep, yeah, so coming this year, uh, you'll be able to buy... <laughs> um, and I don't know if you remember back to... Do you remember back to when they first launched the design of the Series X and people Someone like, said it looked like a fridge. It's yeah. a fridge. And then they picked, was it four or five YouTubers and they delivered a fridge. That's a full-size right. yeah. fridge looking like an Xbox. So this will be a mini fridge that looks like an Xbox. It has the same green glow at the top and yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fun. And I quite like that when brands do that. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame that that's the biggest watched video, but nevertheless... They'll, they'll sell tons. They'll sell absolutely tons of these. <laughs> yeah. Very good. There you go. Uh, we are an hour and 22 in, but luckily we are at the end of our bumper episode. So thank you very much if you are listening to this bit of it. If you're not, then uh, screw you. Um, talk, <laughs> we've got no talking points today. I'm not even going to ask you for a pick. I am going to just say, if you want to find out more about us, what we do, digitaloutbox.com, info at digitaloutbox.com if you want to talk to us. And we're also on Twitter as digitaloutbox. I am on Twitter as cheesy UK, academyracer.co.uk for my racing antics. Ian, where do we find you? Um, iandick.com. And I'm looking forward to the next episode where we'll talk Windows 11. <laughs> we will indeed. All right. And we'll speak to you then. I was just about to try and do the Windows noise and I realized that was not going to work. So I have stopped. Goodbye. I'd like to see you done that. Dum 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 dum. That's the window shutdown noise. Told you, you made me do it now. <laughs> God damn. <laughs>